You're listening to Black Sheep from Wired Differently, hosted by Kansas veteran John Arshambo. This podcast aims to break the stigma around mental health and injuries sustained in the uniform. Strap on your boots and get ready to overcome your adversity and struggles. All right, welcome to the Black Sheep Podcast by Warrior Differently. I have Chance Burroughs today uh, with me. Hey, Chance, thank you so much for to be with us. I mean, you and I can talk, and the proof is we were <laughs> chatting for the last 24 minutes before recording. Yeah. Uh, when we did a podcast, we did, I think, two hours because we didn't shut up. Uh, yeah. It's just how it is. So thanks for being here. Uh, please introduce yourself for people who don't know who Chance Burroughs is, uh, and we're going to just keep on going. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you having me on here, man. I, I really enjoy hanging out with you and being able to chat and stuff. So uh, who am I, man? I am one well, chance, bros. I grew up in Southern Alberta, kind of all over the place. We moved around quite a bit when I was a kid and um, just rolling up my sleeves while I'm talking here. The And then uh, I wanted to be in the army ever since I was a little guy. I was like, you know, run around, shoot stuff, explosives. I'm in because like, I'm in. And uh, uh, so waited, unfortunately, until I was about, I tried to get in the army when I was 21. And it's actually kind of a funny story because uh, I went in there and I did, you remember the substance use form that we had to fill out, like all the yep. different things. Well, I had, uh, I had taken some mushrooms when I was a teenager for fun. And uh, I couldn't remember the last time I had taken it. And I was like, oh, geez, it could be like, is it like a year, maybe two? I'm like, eh, you know what, a year and a half. <sighs> that should be enough. Not a big deal. <laughs> and I wrote down that I'd done it about a year and a half ago. And they uh, they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. You need three years for many sort of psychedelics in, from the last time you did it before you can get it. And I was like, yeah. seriously? Uh, so I would have been in uh, early 2005 if that had happened. So. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll be back in 18 months. And 18 months to the day I showed up, boom, put in my new pack. And I'm like, here, I told you I was going to be here. And the recruiters were like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> All the people have been posted through it. Yeah. Uh, but that was fun. So I got in uh, eventually in uh, swore in December 13th, 2005. Okay. And then, uh, basic sq and you know threes decided to be uh combat engineer and again blowing stuff up machine guns <laughs> that's all i really wanted and uh yeah went through all that got out uh got to my unit oh six yep uh fall of oh six got stood up for tour uh basically right away in oh seven i had the i said this a few times i had the dream right that a lot of people you know you get in and then you wait and then you go to basic and then you wait on pat platoon right and then you go to your next course and then you wait on another and so you have these long chunks of time in between where you're not actually being trained for anything mm -hmm. and i got uh i started my basic so i swore in in december yeah my basic started in early january i think it was like january 11th or 12th so i had like three weeks mm -hmm. to wait in between and then did my basic 
it was like a week later I started my SQ. And then, no, sorry, it was about three weeks later I started my SQ. And then a week after my SQ started, my three started. I get to my unit in October. We get stood up for tour in December. In January, there's a oh, reorg. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I did all of 07 doing training for the uh, for tour. Left uh, January of 08 or February of 08. Went overseas for eight months. Came back in October. It was just like bang, 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 bang. There was no no real downtime. Uh, got back from tour in October of that year, and things started to devolve from there. I started to get really bitter within my unit. I started looking at people like, what the f is wrong with these? Like, why is and a lot of it just there? It was a, there was a small crew of guys who had good morale. Um, and a lot of, uh, there was a lot of skill, but there was so much fucking ego everywhere. And everyone was trying to be better than everyone else. And you have like, um, and not not better as in like trying to build each other up to be better. Yep. Just like I will put you down to feel better, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was painful. I got really bitter. I got really angry. I started to. I got put into uh, the intelligence cell within the engineer unit because we have apparently we need our own intelligence because we look at all the uh, the exploitation reports and stuff like that after IEDs because we want to figure out how they you know how the, all the explosives you uh, all the different types of explosives that are used and how it works anyway uh, but that's not what I signed up for right I didn't I'm not and I didn't want to be an intelligence <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't sign up for that I wanted to be out in the field with the boys carrying around a c9 blowing shit up. Cowboy yeah. yeah yeah and uh yeah, didn't turn out that way. So anyway, yeah, I did a bunch of time there. Eventually got uh, so angry that I wanted to release. Buddy of mine talked me into get a posting. Took a posting to Meaford yeah, at the school. Yep. And uh, taught there for a year and a half. Had a blast. That was so much fun. And then got out in 2012. Diagnosed with uh, PTSD, major stress disorder. And uh, uh, sorry, I was diagnosed in 2012 with all these things. And then I got out in... December of 13. Yeah. Cause it takes a while, right? Uh, well, well, no, actually they were perfectly fine with me staying on. Um, I was just, I was coming up on my release. I had, oh. I did my, I did my five years and then I did a three year extension. And, uh, so this is actually kind of a hilarious story. I don't know if I've told you this before, now, but, um, the, uh, I had two months left on my contract Okay, and I was like thinking to myself, I wonder if I should be doing something like, is there paperwork I need to fill out or do I just, you know, drop all my shit at the gate as I leave? Like, I don't understand like what the, this should, this, I'm sure there's a process for me to like exit out of the military. Yeah. Uh, so I went and talked to my edge and I was like, Hey, sir, what's going on? What do I need to do? And he just went, Oh, um, come back tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, Roger that, sir. And, you know, went, I didn't think anything of it. And it went back the next day and he's like, here's a 17 year contract. <laughs> I was like, no, you, I don't think you understood. Like I'm getting out. Like I, my contract's over. I don't want another contract. He's like, but this is man, 17 years. If you want to stay in, you're already loaded on your sergeant's course. You're going to be coming back here to do two more years. And you're going to be the engineer sergeant 
on base. Yeah. And I, and I was like, so to entice me to stay in the army, you want to send me to Gagetown for six months? The Wrong place. call, man. Big mosquitoes. <laughs> Come on. Acadian are people, nice people. Uh, no, all my training was engaged down. I'm not going back there for six months. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. And then, and then, so that, that was the release process was like two months of, uh, which actually turned out to be in my benefit because there was one VA rep in me for it at the time. I was the only guy releasing from that position and I was under a time crunch, right? For two months. So, cause the process is what, six months is supposed to be something like that. Yeah. Um, so they just were like, sign this, sign this, sign this, sign this, sign this. You're, I'm going to basically apply for everything and see what sticks. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, my, uh, my interaction with the VA actually went quite well <laughs> and, uh, yeah. they, they took care of me pretty quick. So, um, but I really started getting into, once I got out and I started getting into advocacy and stuff after a, a long ordeal trying to just come back up to where i needed to be uh i started like looking around going like why doesn't everybody get that experience like why is why is why am i the outlier saying that everything was good yeah that's that's weird (laughs) that that shouldn't be for for an organization that's supposed to be taking care of other veterans yeah why am i the outlier when i got taken care of that's weird so well, uh, I, th- I think I think I would ask like that person who helped you because I had this, I had a good uh, interaction with them as well. I mean, despite what we see in the news right now, I had a very very good interaction. But the person that served me is the spouse of a veteran, mm. so it's at heart, right? Yeah. Um. So uh, I, I don't know if you had that too, right? Like, um, I remember when I released my book, she read it and she messaged yeah. me personally. She's like, "We got to talk." Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't think you applied to everything you're supposed to. Uh, and then she gave me a list. Like, do you have this? Do you have this? How many times do you go poo a day? And I'm like, this yeah. is kind of an awkward question. And she's like, go. Yeah, just go yeah. with it. Yeah. Like, All right. So I, I think this is where we are. Right? You have the people who actually does it because it's uh, eight to four or nine to five. Mm-hmm. And you have the people who does it because they have fate yeah. in the system. Yeah. I. Uh, and the other part of it is, is like, Nobody f- tells us what to do, right? Nobody th- explains to us that, hey, you you should be applying for this, 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 this. Oh, and when you get a quality of life form that says, are you capable of this? Give it to somebody else to fill out yeah. because <laughs> we're going to lie 100% of the time, right? And it's not even that we're meaning to lie. It's that we're capable, right? If it says, hey, can you get groceries off the top shelf of your cupboards absolutely i can Mm -hmm. even on my worst day i can and i can do it once right i need a stool because i'm not six seven but yeah yeah, i totally agree yeah and so like the the first time i did it i i did not get what i should have gotten because i was like yeah i can walk from my car to my front door absolutely i can do that no problem um but in the very you know the the small fine print that is written actually in bold and is actually quite large <laughs> that none of us actually read it you know on your worst day yeah and your absolute worst day not like eh, it's a kind of a bad day it like i am bedridden 
because my back has gone out. I am friggin' agitated beyond belief. I'm sitting in a rage spiral. All of these things. Am I going to go to the shelf and make myself or go into the kitchen and make myself breakfast? Yeah. Am I, am I going to do that during that? No, no, no I'm not going to do that. So that's, again, we don't really get led through that process. It's just, do you have any issues that you'd like to explain to me, a perfect stranger who is also a social worker? Do you, do you have any issues? And I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk to you. A and no, I'm fine. I'm standing here. Right. I'm, I'm standing here. But, uh, you know, you're bringing a good point and I'm going to say that because it's, it's very important. I said it a few times on podcasts, but I'm going to repeat it just because it is all we are. Um, I had a, uh, occupational therapist once who said, uh, she said, can you go to the grocery, get like whatever, walk the, the lines and come back and pick up whatever something. So in your mind, you kind of reward yourself, right? So it's kind yep. of a, the dog aspect where I'm going to give you a cookie and you do it. The Mas is not Maslow, it's something else. Anyhow, and um, I'm like, yeah, sure. So I did it. She's like, oh, was, uh, how are you? I'm like, I, I stayed in my house after that for three days. And she's mm -hmm. like, shit, it was the wrong question. She's like, she's like, I realized in the past and I did not, I omitted to actually tell you. Now, can you, are you able to? Mm. And it was coming down to this because she's like, if I ask a veteran, any veteran, can you do it? They're going to say, yes, it's going to be it. And despite how bad it goes, how painful it goes, they'll do it because they've been yeah. asked, right? But the ability is a different thing, right? The ability of, of saying, no, for myself, I can't is totally different. I think if they were to add something like um, without ill effect or something of that nature where like if they – it's not just about the task because – Lo and behold, you know, military people are used to the task, right? Like we are task oriented people. So when you say, can you do a job? That's like asking a soldier, can you take that trench? F yes, I can take that trench. There's there, like, yeah. there's no doubt in their mind that they're going to do it mm -hmm. because that's how we have to live. Mm -hmm. But when you get out and you're like, can you go to the store? Yep. Right. And. Is it gonna is it gonna cost you something, right? Is it gonna yep. take something from you? Well, I mean, maybe you'll probably be jacked up for you know five six hours or a day or two, or like whatever. Um, but they don't ask that question; they just ask if you can. Yeah. And yeah, I can do it once, right? <laughs> and then, and but I mean, over time, yeah, you get better, right? And you work at it, and you push yourself, and you try and do more. Um, and some people don't. Some people like, I'm never going to the store again. They get friggin' food delivered to their house and they don't have to talk to people and they just sit in their little holes. And it's a, sh I don't know, in my mind, that's a pretty shitty way to live. But yeah, uh, but isolation though, right? That's, but that's what I, happens. I think, yeah. I think this is what happened when you get told, can you do it? And you do it and you scar, right? And yeah. the pain that comes with it is very hard to describe. And I think the other reason why we don't describe it is because we got to be a man. Mm hmm. Right. And that's the other aspect. I want to be a man. So man doesn't complain. Bull mm -hmm. Right. But at one point, men will crack. Yeah. Broke, whatever that is. Despite the fact that society wants us to be providing that good job. There's at one point where the brain says it's enough. Yeah. And, and, and I think it can be that that grocery run. It can be you going fueling your car. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Depending what you had to go through. 
because it can happen to anyone. Right? PTSD is civilians as well can have it. Different business, but the brain crack, right? Yeah. Under pressure, the brain cracks, yeah. um, it, it, and then the system follows suit. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you bring up a, a point here is that PTSD, especially, um, it, it's the same. Like PTSD for the civilian versus the military, it, it's the same. Mm-hmm. The the only real difference, and um, the the roundtable we did with uh, with Tim, and he was explaining, you know, like you can't expect a clerk yeah. to react the same way as an infantryman during a stressful environment, uh, stressful situation, because the training is different, mm-hmm. right? And I, I use this analogy too of like, uh, if you've never experienced an issue with your car. Right, you're driving down the highway. You've never had any sort of issue. It's always been taken care of for you. Never bothered you at all. Uh, and you're driving down the highway at 110, and you blow a tire. And I mean, like, blow a tire. You're swerving over the road, and we're gonna almost hit this guy, and blah blah blah. Yeah. And even though everyone was safe and everything is okay, nobody died. It just blew your car up, and blah. blah, blah. That is a hugely traumatic event. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that just that can scar someone just because they have no experience with it. Well, let's go further than this. This, okay. I'm going to keep going with uh, the, the trauma aspect because we kind of touched it before we started the, the, the podcast. Our spouse didn't go to war. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. They had to stress, don't get me wrong, to deal with whatever's going on at home. Uh, is he okay? Is he alive? Is he what or is she it? Um, whatever, maybe. But when you come back and you're battling in your head, right? And maybe there's weeks where you're going to sit on your ass doing nothing because you can't. Mm-hmm. And she had to hold two, three, five, seventeen, seventeen hats in the house, being a disciplinary person, being the nice person, being the, being a wife. And because FOMO is sitting on the couch, not moving. Mm-hmm. And she understand or you understand that they cannot be angry. Because it's something you cannot control, but there is still resentment, mm-hmm. right? And then there's guilt to have resentment. Now, the other part that we talk really quickly before, and I, I really like that part, they have to readjust to the new us. And that's the biggest part, I think, and all, because let's say that you battle PTSD, recovery, whatever, and, and mm-hmm. you're really into it and you want to be better for, it take you three years, four years, five yeah. That's one thing, right? You're at war and your head, so is she at war, which you partially mm-hmm. are environment and whatnot. The person you come out of it is not who you were. You might have way more feelings, right? Because yep. the afflicts of feelings coming out because you blocked them for avoiding yep. pain. Now it's coming in. You're not the same person. The person who used to be, uh, the person who goes to shows every weekend or whatever they could, Yep. Might not be a crowd fanatic person anymore, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yep. Um, but I think in the court, you change. So falling in love with that new person is a challenge as well. Yeah, I think the uh, like post-PTSD invalidation is what we were talking about. And yep. it is 100% uh, an issue because anytime you're going to live with someone, spouse, roommate, whatever, you're going to get used to some of their idiosyncrasies, right? And you're going to get to a point where you kind of know how to handle them. And when they, when somebody gets angry, you know, oh, well, uh, this person's really angry, man. You know, usually when I give them food, they kind of calm down. Okay, well, let me go get a snack, right? And you just, you'll do it 
because that's sneaker. the habit, right? Yeah, here, yeah. exactly. Um, but with PTSD, like my wife, man, <laughs> we started dating in February of 09. Mm-hmm. Like this was, I got, I had been home for maybe four months when we started dating. So she didn't know me beforehand. All she knew was the, uh, the soldier. She knew the, uh, the nights that I stayed up at, uh, all night <laughs> smoking cigarettes <laughs> and she would just sit there beside me. Didn't say anything. Right. And, uh, she took care of me while I was going through all of the worst of my shit. Mm-hmm. And as I started to get better, a lot of the, uh, you know, we'd have, we'd be having the same fights over and over again. And the, uh, the issues that were being brought up, I wasn't doing them as like as often. So there would be long periods of time where she would be expecting a certain outcome based on previous experience. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't happen. And that would totally be incongruous with her brain, which like, now you're trying to figure out who this new person is and now like it. So absolutely you're, you're relearning how to be with someone. Now we're still the same people, right? I'm not a different person so much as my reactions have changed to things. Yeah. And you know, the, the days where where I would walk into a a store and I would immediately put my wall or my back to a wall and start scanning the room and looking for exits and blah, 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 all these things. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. But she still, when we walk into a, a diner or a restaurant, she still asks me where I want to sit. You know, do I, and do you want that back corner? That kind of stuff. But here's the trick. <laughs> this is the hard part. It's still on us <laughs> because they're reacting to our new reactions. So the issues that they are experiencing, trying to, relearn how to deal with us it's on us to try and blend those together so we're not you know exploding one day and then not another day there you got to be able to say yeah no i'm still i'm agitated i'm feeling agitated but i have it under better control now yeah so i'm able to do this yeah and then and so yeah you just smooth that out rather than being like yeah it's related yeah yeah and I think it comes down to my, my wife was saying, she's like, you know, people are saying sometimes you go zero to hundred. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, go zero to hundred. This is bullshit. You're hiding at 75. So yep. the hundred comes so much quicker than zero to hundred. Yep. And um, I'll tell you this because last weekend or two weekends ago, we, uh, we went to Cochrane's where we light fair. Uh, I don't know. It's Christmas beginning for the kids. And uh, I find that teenagers nowadays, Everyone, most of them don't care about people. Just, mm-hmm. they, they don't move out of the sidewalks when there's an elderly person. I was walking my kid with a stroller. Kids don't move. They expect me to move. What the f- are you doing? Go on a f- grass. Um, that's what my parents taught me, right? Mm-hmm. Like you let people walk. Yeah. Um, and they there's a kid who walked on my wife who was f- feeding my kid. And that idling 75 to 100, I was fuming. Mm-hmm. I was like, you little f-. and I'm sorry, I swear. Uh, so anyhow, all that to say, what? I, I I was able to actually turn the kid. I was pretty clear, but I could have knocked him down and I didn't. I was just like, you know, that doesn't work. You yeah. don't do that to people. You look where you walk. She's feeding a baby under a year old. You don't walk on people. Or if you do, you apologize for the mistake. Mm-hmm. So you're right. There's that 
the rage is not coming as easy as it used to. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way, right? The yep. lid doesn't pop up so quick. And if it does, I have tools from yep. the tool of the box. <laughs> podcast yeah. uh, that we can use actually to regulate ourselves or to, Absolutely. you know, keep it calm or cool down. Or you, you also know before you get triggered that, okay, it's the time now for me to walk away. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the magic in that magic piece, but there's a work that comes with it and it doesn't come oh, yeah. here. It doesn't come. It takes a while. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. Lots and lots of days of, uh, uh of pushing yourself. And the, I, I, this is what I love about jujitsu. I'm going to get into another allegory here, yeah. but um, is that's what you have to do. You have to stress test yourself yeah. cons- constantly. Yeah. And every time you get to a point where you're like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. Okay, now ratchet it up, right? And okay, I'm okay, ratchet it up until you get to a point where none of this really bothers you. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's always going to be things that set you off. Great. Yeah. As you said, having tools for the toolbox is always handy to have because I said this on the, the Canadian podcast with Zach, we're all f- swinging in the dark here, right? Like, no one really knows what we're doing. We're all just trying to figure stuff out and grab onto stuff and see if this works and see if that works. And hopefully these things work. And some people latch onto a bottle, other people latch onto pills. Some people latch onto sports. Some people latch onto the army. Some like, you just pick these things that feel right yeah. at the moment. And then over time, you either have to learn, oh, this does work and keep it, or this doesn't work and you get rid of it. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I love that has helped me throughout my whole life is martial arts, but uh, jujitsu, especially in the last little while, it has been, it has been a savior because you, you're present. You have to. Yeah, because you can't be like if you're not there, you're gonna get choked, or you're gonna get armbarred, or you're gonna get knee barred, or you're gonna like if you're not actually paying attention to what's happening right now. And I mean, the feeling of what's happening, because when you first start, you're looking at stuff, going, "Oh, there's an armbar coming. Oh, he's on top of me now. Oh no!" And so you're always reacting, like you have to see the thing that's happening, and then it happens, and then you go, "Oh no!" And then you have to switch to something, and then. Nah, 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 nah. And then as you get better, you start to feel the, the muscle movements of your opponent, which allows you to then gain ground. Yeah. But that's hard to do when you're rolling and you're bouncing around and everyone's on top of each other. No, 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 So, uh, but that's the same thing with trauma recovery. Same thing with trying to, you know, build up your, your tolerance in certain areas. Like, um, Again, I, I was not a big fan of crowds, right? I didn't like going to the mall. And if I did have to, it was like a whoo, straight in, get what I need, a whoo, straight out. It was an infill, hit the target, exfill out. <laughs> you were doing it as quickly as possible. Um, uh, it, you did mention a point there that, you know, people don't get out of your way. Um, my wife brought that up the other day. People do get out of my way. And I never really noticed. I never really thought about it because... I never had to move around somebody unless they, like you said, there was a stroller or an elderly lady or somebody that like needed the sidewalk. Cool. And I just would walk around them, but I never realized that apparently I'm an intimidating guy. (laughs) I don't, I don't feel like it, but being six, six and you know, uh, with the beard. And when I, when I walk, I walk with a purpose. Right. And I'm like, I'm going through people. Um, and people just get out of my way. 
like I, I've, I've never actually had to experience where a group didn't um, because I don't know. I, but it, it, my wife brought it up one day and I was just like, Oh, I never really thought about that. And then, so I started looking at it and yeah, I, I there was a, a lady at one point <laughs> we were walking towards each other and I think she got within, I don't know, 50, 60 meters, something like that. And then went to the other side of the street and I was like, I'm not a mean person. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I didn't. So I, if I walk alone, I, I don't yeah. care. I'll just move out. If you want kids, you want to move, you, you, that's fine. I'm okay. But if I have the baby in a stroller, at oh, for sure. Saw it, and I was like, so I'm at the point where right now I'm, I'm not moving anymore. Yeah. You're going to hit plastic and a wheel and I yeah. don't care. And if yeah. you want to be pissed off, go ahead. Now try to explain that you did not let a stroller yeah. with a baby a in stroller it through, yeah. because you want it to be on a fucking pathway at 50 yeah. years old. <laughs> Might okay. not. Yeah. So I mean I mean there's there's a balance on everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 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 truly it's uh do you hear this? It's my kid. Uh <laughs> <laughs> little bastards usually sleep an hour and a half. Uh, okay. but uh but no there, there's something behind this which is very interesting as well, right? Um there's a demeanor as well of military. And I don't know if you you, you can go in the mall. Well, I don't go in the mall, but you can go in the mall and you can spot them. Who saw oh, yeah. Right. There's there's a, a way of walking, a way of dressing up as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and so on. Um, now, for the mall, I, I find that super funny and super interesting. You brought it up because the OSI clinic in uh, in Calgary is in the middle of the mall. Edmonton, too. Oh, really? Yeah. On purpose. I'm sure they do that on purpose. Probably. I mean, I, w- I was triggered to get in. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, and they're like, yep. oh, are you today? I'm like, I don't know. My heart, my heart is just at, uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what have you been looking? The hands of people because your eyes yep. don't see the threats in it. And they're like, but uh you okay? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Can we get yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's let's start our therapy session right now while yeah. I'm just sitting there like yeah. just vibrating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. They OSI clinic in uh, Edmonton. It's not in the middle of the mall, so but it's it's on the back side of the mall. Okay. So like you have to get in and then you either have to drive through the parking lot, which is always stressful anyway. Yeah. Um, find a parking spot and then enter through these back doors and then the OSI clinic is kind of right there. Uh, or go through the mall in order to get it. And it just it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> the uh not a lot I don't think a lot of thought was put into those things when they initially started doing that stuff. It was just bad i mean even the, the, the therapists don't know why i mean yeah. I was looking to my therapist i'm like was that on purpose she's like maybe it was maybe it was not and i'm like clearly you don't know the answer yeah <laughs> you would think like an osi clinic something like that you would want as a standalone building yeah in my yeah. mind yeah and, and by all means if you want to put it beside them all fair enough right yeah but um and, and i mean because it's not only vets right it's rcmp as well so i mean mm-hmm. um i know in the one the one in calgary I think it's seven months uh, in 2016 there's a man who has a sword and starting to attack people or cop that got slashed and uh had to be put down but so there's there's as well background story in the mall i mean like, I was like jesus Christ. yeah it's uh unfortunately you know most of these decisions are made by people that don't know they just don't know well, they, they right. go with the, the regulation of 32, 33, 34, where you need to uh, rent a place based on cost and whatever and amenities and whatnot. Yep. Yep. That's literally it, right? Yeah, no real thought about uh, any of that stuff was ever put in. But you know what? That's 
bureaucrats at a level that I'm not, uh, I'm not paid to, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like it's still, it's ridiculous, but it, yeah, better, better. At least I think that they're there. I, I had a really bad experience at the OSI clinic overall. Yep. Um, just the, the doc and I really didn't jive and I, uh, I didn't know I could go see anybody. Oh, that, that was my, he just, uh, I got told, just go to the OSI clinic when you get back to Edmonton and start, continue your treatment there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I started working with that doc and man, I just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And he had me, uh, so yeah, I, yeah, it was not a good Match. plan. And that's and part of the reason why I got the, the podcast started up was because of the fact that like I was seeking help, right? Like I was trying to f- fix what was wrong and I was getting worse. And worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then, but the the times that I actually felt better was when I was hanging around with other vets, right? We'd go for coffee or we'd go for beer or we'd go, whatever. I'd link up with two or three here and two or three there, whatever. And, uh, you know, there was always somebody that would have an issue that was similar or that we, somebody had gone through at some point and uh, somebody would always throw up like a, oh yeah. That happened to me. Yeah, this is what I did. It, it helped me out. Or they'd be like, have you been to the gym lately? Have you gone to the range? Like, when was the last time you went out? Whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, I realized that we were only, it was only ever within those little groups. And that was, you know, two, three, four, five, maybe six people that we would pass out these little tidbits and these little tools and these little uh, pieces of information it's not really enough. We have, we got a ton of people that are suffering and yeah. we're passing them out twos and threes. Like that's not going to work. Um, and so, yeah, one day we had this really great in-depth conversation on, you know, what it was to be a soldier before war, after, and uh, during. And uh, we finished that conversation after far too many beers and a <laughs> and, uh, few hours. And somebody at the end of it was like, dude, we should have recorded that. That would have made an awesome podcast. And I was like, indeed it would, <laughs> indeed it would. And so I got started with my podcast after that. But, uh, and now, yeah, same thing. Like, again, all, all I really want, and I'm sure all you really want is to pass on the knowledge. Yeah. Right. That Like I just, I feel like I have learned and uh, absorbed from the community to a point that I can, hand it out to everyone else now too right like yeah. just and that's yeah. all that's all i really want that's all, i think uh i think that's all we re- all really want is more people having better times yeah and, and we talked about that as well before i right? the, the the vac aspect not knowing what to apply and and, and so yeah. on um which is one uh not knowing about like yeah you can have or trial multiple therapists that's mm-hmm. a big thing i mean mm-hmm. it's a teamwork and, and I would I would go with this. You need a psychologist who's going to go with the psilocybinogenic method, and that's that's being a team. That's actually teaming up together, and the person doesn't show up and say, "Yeah, you're the problem." Yeah, it's a, if the way you're trying to do therapy on me does not work, there's other ways. Yeah. If if ART doesn't work, CBTI doesn't work, 
maybe EMDR or maybe yeah. RTMS or maybe yeah. ISF or, yeah. but we are not all the same in the same mold, right? And, and we don't function or, or, or swallow our, our trauma the same way. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a quest. I mean, it's a somewhat of a quest. I find oh, it is process, right? hundred percent because like equine therapy worked for me. Yeah. And like I make sense, a bit of a cowboy and I, you know, I love, grew up around horses and animals and stuff. So, yeah. um, but I have a buddy of mine who's allergic to horses. So equine therapy is not going to work for him, right? <laughs> as much as he wants to want it to work or wants, he's allergic to horses. Can't do it. Um, you know, there's great strides being made in psychedelics and uh, marijuana. And, you know, like there are so many options out there now yeah. that beforehand, like we, um, the therapist I saw at the OSI clinic, we did exposure therapy, but it was, he just like, come in, let's talk about your absolutely worst experience. Um, and this was the funny thing is he's like, so what, uh, is there one particular, you know, area that really you struggle with? And I was like, I spent eight months cleaning up body parts, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. Pick what, pick a day, pick a freaking day, man. Um, I didn't actually spend eight months cleaning up body parts, but I was on QRF for five months out of the eight that I was there. And yeah. that was a lot of what we did was we'd show up after an IED strike and then have to clear the area. And then we'd stand on sentry. So like you'd be standing in the sun and then you'd go from one call to the other call. And then from that call to another call and from that call to another call. Some days you'd be out all day. Some days you'd be out a full day and change. Some days you'd sleep at a different fob because you never came back. That kind of stuff. Like yeah. um, what, what one day do you want to talk about? <laughs> and then, uh, and then we eventually landed on one and we just, he made me go over it over and over and over and over, which exposure therapy can work for some people yeah. in that situation. It was not good. It was definitely not good. And it wasn't until a friend of mine actually told me the same thing was, uh, you know, you can just see whoever you want, right? Like <laughs> it just, if they're blue cross covered, giver yeah and uh and so at that point i like okay let's uh let's look into this let's figure out what what we can do where we can go over this and uh yeah started searching for like trauma specialists and then i saw my current doctor who equine therapy was right on the thing i was like yes i like horses <laughs> let's do this yeah. um and yeah, I've been working with her ever since. It's been awesome. So, but yeah, finding the right therapist is a battle in itself. Finding the right treatment is a battle in itself. But and each one of these family doctor or psychiatrist, right? Because yeah. there's some psychiatrists who will, will push pills, push pills, and they don't agree with marijuana. Uh, I had that. Yep. And I, I said it. I'm like, that's the thing that works. Well, we don't support it here. Like, I don't care. That's yeah. what makes me sleep. Yeah. So I had I had to disregard our and I mean my wife would wake up when I was on pills and getting like whole hair fucking kick mm -hmm. and, and uh and I was like this is not normal yeah. like this is not healthy for her or me because she wakes up and she's scared of me now um and, and I don't remember crap because nightmares are so blurred out yeah um yeah um we're gonna do it part two because. He's crying, uh, <laughs> but we can blame on him. I mean, he's nine months old. He will never remember. Yeah, we'll either do a part two for sure. <laughs> right, no worries. Um, I really appreciate that, man. Uh, we'll we'll just reschedule another one for sure. All good. Yep. Let me know.